Hello, I am Amber. I'm Chelsea. And welcome to Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with us. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Um, Happy motherfucking Wednesday. Whoop, whoop. How are you today? How are you this week, girl? I mean, <laughs> just drowning in work, you know, the huge. How are you? Good. Um, Jack Schools had like a busy week because she's had a bunch of days where she gets out at 1050 in the morning. Oh. Um, and then 1220 for half days and stuff. But I actually <clears throat> wanted to ask you something. Okay, so her school sent out this invite thing to this little party that they're having at the school tomorrow. It's called like a glow in the dark, like neon party, right? So right, exactly. It tells your kid to wear a white shirt or to wear neon and stuff, and that this party is gonna be for the kids who have shown like good behavior. Or whatever. So it's for like the good kids and stuff. And so when Jacqueline's telling me about it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cute and everything. And then I'm kind of like, okay, you know, well, I get like she, well, obviously she's good. So she's going. So it's fine. You know, so then I'm talking to other people about it. I'm talking to my brother about it. And he's like, Amber, I don't like that. And I'm like, right. Okay. But maybe, but I'm not sure. But I was like, I definitely, something's weird about it, right? Because I was like, I think you should reward kids who do good and are good throughout the week and the months and stuff like that. So this was for the whole month of November. Like, she got all green marks or whatever. And so they're rewarded with this party. But then it's like, well, what do they say to the other kids? Or, like, who's the judge of, like, what kid gets to go? And maybe I just feel okay with it because Jacqueline's going. So, like, if she wasn't going, would I feel some type of way about it? Well, first of all, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, girl, no. So, okay, I'm with Joseph because I feel like, yeah, at the end of the day, I am not a, you know, participation trophy mom, okay? Right. If you didn't win, you didn't win. However... I feel like it's one thing to reward good behavior and to try to like use that reward as incentive for maybe kids who aren't behaving as well, but like having a whole exclusive party for just the good kids seems a little extreme. And like, like you said, like what's happening with the like not good kids, where are they going during this party? And of course you're going to find out about it. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah they sent a paper home and stuff for this neon party so i don't know that's what i'm saying that's not incentive that's like mean (laughs) i mean is it mean like a little well because here's the (laughs) thing at the end of the day why do kids why are kids naughty probably i mean i don't know they got something going on yes (laughs) going on. they say that even when kids are naughty it's their way of asking for love yeah get it yeah so like when you're naughty in school, I mean, I'm not, I don't condone it, but there's a reason for it. And now they get left out. What if, what if one of those bad kids reasons is because he's neglected? Now he's, now he's neglected from the party. I can't. It's kind of sad. 
it is sad that's how I feel about it it is I I did like I was like I do I feel like it's worded weird I don't know what the right answer is but I I was like oh I'm gonna talk to Chelsea about this because you remember in circa 2000 or 1980 I guess it would be like 1993 brother Greenwood's classroom Mm -hmm. and how if you (laughs) talked one time you didn't go for recess Chelsea, I swear I was inside all the time. Me too. That I would literally cough and he'd be like, uh, there goes <laughs> Now I feel like ultimately that was extreme, but at the end of the day, you better believe if I was gonna talk, I was so smart about him turning his back. So like it, you know what I mean? And like that was and I feel like that was intense then. I was like, I lost a whole recess because I had to tell Amber about her shoes. So like that's intense. But girl, like if then I was then, not only did I miss out on recess, but then I then didn't get to go Just, to we party. never would have probably been in that good class. We I never mean, would have been. We never would have been. We never would have been letters sent home, and we weren't oh, even bad kids. You see God. what I'm saying? We weren't, but I we stayed talking. Well, we, I have a lot to say. We know how podcast. I feel like it all makes sense. But I just oh God. I feel like, and you're right. Who is holding the measure of goodness? Right. So all that to say, I have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah, no, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. But I also love that Jacqueline's going. Like, what's she wearing? Um, she is wearing an orange t-shirt because they're supposed Ooh. to be wearing like neon colors. So. <clears throat> Why does Jacqueline look good in every color? Oh, because she's a queen. Period. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so November is Team Homeless Awareness Month. Yes. And so we have some kind of disturbing, sad statistics here. So one in 10 young adults aged 18 to 25, or at least one in 30 adolescents aged 13 to 17, experience some form of homelessness unaccompanied by a parent or guardian over the course of the year. So that means that a kid at some point is homeless over a year alone by themselves. So 69% of homeless youth report mental health problems. 33% of homeless youth have been part of the foster care system at some point in their lifetime. 62% are LGBTQ youth. And 62% of the LGBTQ youth report being physically harmed while experiencing homelessness, while 47% of non-LGBT youth reported being physically harmed while homeless. So it is, yeah, I mean, it's really, really so sad. And when um, I had the opportunity to go to that gala that I won the diamond earrings at, um, there was a gentleman at my table who worked at a, um, the NEPAU shelter here in Scranton. And they do such amazing work, but he was saying how he just, it killed him every night when they would close and he's sending these kids off into the dark and the cold, you know, and it gets cold here. So in the middle of winter, you know, it's pitch black at seven o'clock when the shelter's closing, it's, you know, 10 degrees outside and you're sending kids outside to sleep in a car or maybe, you know, crash at a friend's house or walk around all night or wherever. Um, but there's no place for them to go, you know, and that's just happens a lot. So definitely um, <clears throat> keep in mind, I think that it's not every, it's not always a person's fault that they're homeless and sometimes circumstances happen. So just to be, you know, just to be kind and just to be, 
you know, thoughtful in how we talk about unhoused people and kind of like how we treat them, you know? Yeah. I like, it's so funny because not, it's not funny. It's interesting. I was, I was walking to pick, <coughs> excuse me, to pick Maddie up from school today and girl it was probably 50 degrees, but there was a chill in the air. And I was chilled to my bone. Like I was, I had to come in. I was so cold. I had a long sleeve shirt on. I had a tank top, a long sleeve shirt, a a big thick sweatshirt and a jean jacket and a gray. And I came in, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need coffee. I need something. And I literally sat down and I thought about it. I'm like, it's not even that cold yet. It's right. 50 degrees, and I was outside for maybe half an hour. Well, there's this, there's this guy on the corner over here um, that ha- doesn't have socks on, and he's holding a sign and stuff. And I guess people in the in the store right by where he's outside at were talking about, oh, he, you know, he's just doing this, and he really has money, and he has a car. We saw him getting into a car or whatever. But I'm like, this man is out there with no socks on. Not it is stuff. too cold. I don't whatever he is going through is enough for me so like whatever it is it's worse than me because I have on socks and it's freezing outside you know what I mean and it's just like I guess if that's a scam bro that that's some dedication but I'm just saying you're standing outside with no socks and it's real cold and it's real cold okay you saying about the homeless person not having socks um okay so when I when we were master's mission my first year, we had to do humanitarian trips to do a mission. My mission was to Denver, Colorado. And for this trip, we, w- we went solely to support the homeless youth in Denver, Colorado. So we were working with an organization, and it was literally called Socks. Wow. And I don't remember what it said for, but <laughs> the whole reason that they named it Socks was because one of the top needs for homeless or people experiencing homelessness is clean and dry socks. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Which I thought was so interesting. So they literally named this place, this refuge for people experiencing homelessness socks. And it was, it was crazy because for whatever reason, well, I think it was because the, the people who were running it, they are Mm -hmm. like tatted all over their faces are really cool. They're rock and rollers. That's probably why all this youth, all these youths (laughs) (laughs) were drawn to this place. And it was so interesting Mm -hmm. meeting these kids, listening to their stories and, them needing socks <laughs> that's really but, that's really cool though and and please don't donate um your used socks to nobody somebody, out there somebody's gonna um, get smacked if you donate <laughs> your used socks stop it i will come for you personally please because and I will sit on you thank you thank <laughs> you come but on. but it's crazy too because when you referenced the um foster care system we i i, I hope this goes without saying and that this this is absolutely the understatement of the year that our foster care system is so mm. broken mm. and damaged. And the number of people that just me alone on this one trip a thousand years ago spoke to who had ran away from the foster care right. system and rightly so. Um, it's like and to literally live on the street and be freezing in bare feet is better than being in the then, foster care right. system. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's funny how it's not funny, but it's really interesting how a lot of these people are kids because they're like, listen, we're not taking it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be homeless. 
Well, and they end up in these group homes. They can end up in like juvenile detention centers that they can lock kids up, even though they don't have a record, even though they're not really a criminal. And now they're being locked up because they're in a system and they don't have anywhere to go. Right. You know, so now you're just ruining kids' lives. Um, I remember doing a, a research paper on aging out of foster care. And uh, it was a rabbit hole that I dare anyone to go down because it's devastating. But basically every year. So when people age out of foster care, they're 18 years old. So if you're lucky and you're with people who adopted you or care about you, they can let you stay after you're 18 and, and, you know, keep you there. But if you're in a group home, juvenile detention type of center, um, in foster care or anything like that, once you're 18, they let you go. You're out on the street. Whether And now if you're still in high school, excuse me, it can last until you're, you graduate high school. But once you're graduated and stuff, you're on the street. And so then these kids, there's no record of them because they don't have anybody to take them and get a driver's license, you know, to get an ID card, to open a bank account, to get a post office box or anything like that. So they have nothing. So they're out on the streets and like it was like 30,000 kids a year go missing that just disappear to where there's no trace and record of them ever. And I'm just like, so... 30,000 is so many. So they're the ones who are turning 18. And there's some states that have done some really, really amazing, amazing progressive work to where they've extended the age to like 21 years old in some places. A lot of them are now trying to offer, you know, driver's license in class, like things to try to help the kids out because these are things that your parents and your family takes you to and do for you. And if you don't have anybody to do those things for you, then they don't get done. So then at the end of the day, when that person is homeless and they're 25 years old, you know, they didn't stand a chance because there was nobody there to help them guide them along the way to really do all these things. And, and social workers and caseworkers that are overwhelmed at these places They don't have time and it's not even their job to like take you to go get a license. You know what I mean? Right. Or like, you know, or or take you to go get an ID card or or to open a bank account and stuff like that. So if you don't have anybody doing that for you, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. And it's like you I think about like some of these these places that even I've worked with, I've volunteered at it. Their rules are so strict, which I 100% understand. There has to be a system. There has to be a procedure. It has to be respected. Right. But on the other hand, I think about my five-year-old daughter who I'm like, I work with every day to make sure her manners are there, to make sure she listens well, to make sure she's respectful. And you think about these kids who have just been trashed and thrown away by their parents and the Mm -hmm. foster system and all this stuff. They've never been taught responsibility. They've never been taught, like, honey, when I say midnight, I mean midnight. And if you come in at 12 or 5, you're not coming in. And so they don't, they literally don't have the self-discipline mm-hmm. or even the understanding to, to follow through with some of these rules that they're there. So then they're just kicked out. So then right, now they have, right. don't have a place of residency for 30 days. So now they can't even get a temporary license. It's a whole mm-hmm. thing. And as somebody who is privileged enough to have always had access to my birth certificate and my right, right. card, 
to go get a job, I'm like, and I used to think it was tough when like, you know, Cheryl wouldn't buy me basketball shoes and I had to buy them myself. And now I'm like, at least I could get a job to like do that, you know? Right. Exactly. It's, it's just, and so I think there is, I think sometimes there's a lot of misunderstanding, misinformation. And at the end of the day, just a complete lack of empathy mm. or even trying to understand people, especially kids who are experiencing homelessness. And I'm glad that they get a month. They deserve it. Right. And I I think that kind of goes into the next thing I wanted to share with you was about Piper Lewis, the teenager who killed her accused rapist. Girl, so, don't even get me mother friggin' started on this. I'm so allegedly, up. she kills her accused rapist, right? She's sentenced to five years supervised probation in order to pay $150,000 in restitution to the family. So family? the rapist, the rapist family? family, girl, oh. the rapist. Oh, his mom. So, okay. so the judge says basically, um, I guess they didn't agree, but it was their hands were tied and they had to give them, give her the restitution charge. So basically she was 15 years old when she killed a man she claimed had raped her multiple times while also trafficking her. And this, what I'm saying is tying into like the homelessness rate and stuff like that, because so many of these young girls and kids are trafficked while they're out on the street just because they're so unsafe. And unfortunately she ended up in jail and she escaped jail after she should probably shouldn't have been in there in the first place because she needed help. You know, she's she's one of several teenagers who they've said had been legally penalized or convicted of killing their sex trafficker. And that's just really sad. And a lot of them have been women of color. Oh, I girl, there's I have so much that I probably should not say on a public platform right now about that um in case it were ever to be held against me in a court of law (laughs) um but i i will like what i don't what law is even set in place to protect rapists well allegedly there's kind of a lot of little ones here and there seeming to be in these states because we keep hearing these stories about rapists who are getting out (laughs) on these laws places to where it's, you know, a Brock Turner where he's getting, where he was caught in the act of doing it, where she was unconscious and he got six months in jail. Um, or things like this where she's found guilty of, of killing her sex trafficker and has to pay $150,000. Like $150,000 to the family of the rapist, you know. And it's ridiculous and it's crazy and they need to change these laws because a lot of them are made to i don't protect the rapist and then also protect like the the man in charge because it's a you know um a patriarch patriarchal society so a lot of these are like you know the laws that are still in place about spousal rape and different things like that um and some of those laws have changed but it's taken so long because it, it protects kind of the status quo and, and who's in charge. And it, and these laws are, some of them are super rapey. Ugh. Well, you're right, though. I think that does go back because we hear about sexual assault. We hear about um, sexual harassment, all of these things from higher ups, from politi- po- uh, po- politicians, all these things that always gets kind of like swept under the rug. But then people are going to jail for 40 years for a grab of weed. 
Right. <laughs> make it make sense. No, and um, and that and that's kind of the thing is like when you talk about reform and and reforming the tr- the court system and stuff. That's why it's because you shouldn't be going to jail for all of these years for weed when you are raping people and it's oh yeah so you get a couple years it's fine no what i'm like and you know what i i genuinely there's these moments in life right where i understand sometimes you have to like go with the flow you got to do what you got to do this is not one of those moments and and that moment as a judge i'm like i don't care what i have to do i'm not going to force this literal child by the way uh, to pay restitution right. to anyone, let alone the family of the man who raped her and put her in a situation to be consistently <clears throat> raped. I'm not doing that. Because that's like raping her all over again. Like I refuse. Well, there's still states where it's legal. Child marriage is still legal. How is in the that, US? Like, there's there was how? states that genuine that voted against it in, in pretty recent elections, actually. That's disgusting. Um yeah. So so there's still like I was saying there's still these kind of like loopholes and laws that are still super rapey where it still allows predators to predator, you know, and and we're just not really um protecting the kids. You know, there's real stuff really going on and it, and it's just so sad and it's just so disgusting. So, it it is disgusting and it and it's you feel like you're beating a dead horse and you're and you don't understand why why is this even like why do I have to argue with you on this? Right. Like how <laughs> why, is this... why are we even arguing about whether this should be legal or not legal? Like why? Like why? <laughs> and are you genuinely looking into the face of this 15-year-old girl and you're telling her that right now? Cause like how do you sleep at night? Right. <laughs> Especially when you know, obviously, and I'm going to say, obviously, these kids are homeless and stuff. Most of them don't have money. And if their families come from money, they no longer have money because they're on the streets. So how are you even able to afford any type of restitution, any type of anything? Right. And to like, be able to do. Yeah. That's like, I feel like that's too, like, when you sue somebody, like, you can't just sue, like, if my neighbor wanted to sue me because she fell in my yard for $5 million okay i wouldn't make that in 97 of my lifetimes so like you know you know how they put these things where like yeah sue you for something that you can actually pay what how is this 15 year old getting that money who's paying that right right oh my gosh um it makes me so mad i could spit girl i can't even talk straight yeah no it definitely is um but I think that is what that's kind of what the issue is with the cash bail with people trying to um, eliminate it or take it away because people end up being in prison when they haven't even been charged with a crime or convicted of a crime or even seen the court of law there's people who are in jail for three years because they can't afford the cash bail because their bail is set at some ridiculous amount, but guess who's is set to where they can get out? The rapists and the pedophiles and stuff. They getting out of jail, girl. They out on bail. Who but wrote it, but, these laws? But like, why are we putting rapers in the street? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sick. 
Right. Yeah. Because I've heard people arguing about the the bail reform thing and about the cash bail. But one thing that just really sticks in my mind is when you have these people who are predators and who are wealthy and in power, even when they get set bail that's high, they can afford to pay it and they can get out. That has never, ever stopped any of them. That bail system has stopped just poor people from being able to get out of jail. You know what I mean? And it's just so... It's sad because you think like they're out, you know what I'm saying? They're able to pay their little stuff and get out of jail. Harvey Weinstein, you know. Ew. It, it, it. Girl. Well, all I'm going to say is this, honey, when you get released, don't you come over to Delco because I got nothing to lose, Ooh. honey. Okay. Well, we'll go to the end. So don't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? <Mean it>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. We had our midterm elections and stuff. Um, did you get to vote? Did you get to go vote with Maddie? So I did I not couldn't remember if I asked you. Girl, I did not take Maddie, but I did invoke more recent right to vote as a woman. And I did so at 7:30 at night. As soon as I finished work, came before I got home, went into the polls, did my civic duty, and handed it like a check. They were, in fact, out of stickers. But oh. you, you, listen, early bird gets the worm and I get that. Girl, I am. So I've gotten to take Jacqueline before this time. Um, she was she was off of school as well. So since I drove people to the polls, I woke up pretty early to have my first couple of rides. So I didn't end up taking her with me, but she had gone with me before and everything. Oh, so, so yeah. Special. And I love, I know you were out there with your microphone, girl. <laughs> I was. I was. So for those of you who don't know, um, for the each election cycle, this is my second time doing it. I've been doing rides to the polls where I get donations and kind of crowdfund being able to drive people around on election day because I have been lucky enough to have jobs recently where I've had election day off and I've been able to take people to the polls. It's nonpartisan. I don't really care, you know, if you're going to who you're going in or to vote for. Um, if you want to talk to me about it, girl, you know, I will talk your ear off about it. If not, we'll listen to some nineties music and cruise around. It's been so fun and so eye-opening to be able to kind of just go and help people with my mic, um, be loud and proud. And it got me some really cool opportunities during the major election um, with Trump and Joe Biden. So, oh, fun fact, you saw your boy. Um, he going to run for president. <laughs> no, Trump oh. <laughs> is running for president again. I was like. He is. Ugh. So my whole thing, and this is just the <laughs> only thing I want to say about this, because I think the man takes up enough time. What <laughs> does he have to offer for the next Four years and I'm going to leave that question open for everybody because nobody who's in office right now in the, I don't think should be running so this goes for my people too so you <laughs> this goes for my people too you know what okay I have to I'm going to try to share it on the politics but make it fashion Instagram if I can figure out how to do that um, with my tech savvy self <laughs> Dave Chappelle I just saw a TikTok that Dave Chappelle did where he was like listen Trump made history because of his big mouth and he just said things that he wasn't supposed to say about like tax breaks that rich people get and he was like because I guess Hillary Clinton called him out about not paying his taxes and he was like that makes me smart and Dave Chappelle was like 
and he just made history in that moment. Yeah, no, oh my just, god, no, he has the really biggest does. mouth. Anyway, it's just, when you said that, I can't believe he's running again, and I'm gonna try to share this Dave Chappelle video because Dave Chappelle just made me pee my pants. I <laughs> love me some Dave Chappelle, and leave it um, to Dave I Chappelle have... to find some humor in that. <laughs> right, I have not seen the new SNL, but I definitely want to watch it. I also want us to watch the Fenty Fashion Show because I watch it every year. Um, well, every time she comes out with a new fashion show, on um, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's Fenty is Rihanna's uh, fashion line, and Johnny Depp is he modeled in it. It was controversial because people felt some type of way about her having him in there after the whole Amber Heard trial. But Amber Heard pooped on his bed, so I think that he can be in the fashion show. Okay, I have, um, I have an opinion. About this. I have an opinion about this. <laughs> Because you're right. Did you watch it yet? No. No, I didn't. We gotta watch it. We can we can like movie date from afar. Yes. So where we can both watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I just you know how I feel about it? I feel some type of way about it because I feel as though Johnny Depp was literally (coughs) excuse me, treated like he had the plague. And then by everyone. He was ostracized by every single person in Hollywood and then all of a sudden the trial happened and now all of a sudden he's like back in there like nothing happened I'd be like no I'm mad at all of you guys because where were you when I was being put up against the world like where were you when like I was dropped from every deal every commercial every movie well Rihanna said that she was pregnant and trying to have a baby so I don't I don't That's what she is. Well, maybe Rihanna didn't drop him. I hope she didn't because it just bothers me. Where I feel like, you know, if, but at the end of the day, I guess maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm just explaining to myself what I said. Maybe he had to go on trial before people found him innocent because they didn't know the whole story until the trial. I agree with you. Yeah. But, but I want to say, so I had recently posted this, this meme kind of thing on Facebook. And basically (laughs) it was a black college student who had scholarships to play football and he lost the scholarships due to being accused of a crime. Well, two years later, the charges end up being dropped so he wasn't like even charged and found innocent. Like they didn't even have enough to charge him on. And he was saying that he wanted the opportunity to be able to still go to school. And so then I had people in my comments. Um, you already know what you know they were. That this one gentleman said he was like, well, or he just didn't get caught. And if he was charged with something, he probably did something anyway. I do not understand that sentiment when it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. We're supposed to let people go through the whole motion and go through the whole thing. And then if you come out on the other side to where you either are like Johnny Depp, you come out on the, on the other side, you're found not guilty, you're able to be released, charges get dropped, you know, or you paid your debt to society. Why then is it, are we not allowing these people just to kind of like move on? You know, and I understand the sentiment, sorry, of just it being like, well, you don't want a rapist or a murderer to do that. I get it. And maybe if we gave rapists a little bit more time in jail, we wouldn't have to worry about them getting out. Period. (laughs) And also that sentiment is anti-American, just like you said, because here in America, 
is innocent until proven guilty. And I feel like it's very easy for that man to say because he has never been wrongfully accused. So once you're wrongfully accused and you're losing your job and your family and whatever money that you have until you're proven innocent. And then even then it's still going to be hard for you to job because you're bad for business because you Mm. look bad until then, maybe you tighten it up and don't, don't insert your opinion. Have you watched that Netflix documentary called Khalif Browder? No. Girl, okay. So y'all, just prepare your heart and soul and mind and just have tissues, maybe a drink. Um, because, girl, it is so good. So this this boy, <clears throat> it's on Netflix. It's absolutely amazing. It's heartbreaking. It's a true story. This is what really happens to people when they are innocent of the crime and they can't get out of jail. So I'm going to just kind of briefly go over with you. But I want you guys to watch it because it, it's so good. But so he was walking home from school and he was stopped by the police. And these two white kids accused him of stealing a book bag. He didn't have a book bag on him. So they arrested him. He was taken. He was charged with um, with theft. So he was put in jail and stuff like that. And his bail was either $500 or $5,000. I can't remember which one it was, but he, his family couldn't afford it. So he sat in jail for three years. He sat in Rikers. Most of the time he was in jail, he was in um, solitary confinement for over two years while he's in prison. Now this boy was like 16, 17, 18 years old. He was a child. So he wasn't able to finish high school, to graduate high school, blah, blah, blah. The district attorney, the prosecutors came to him and said like, we will charge you, like we'll let you go if you admit that you're guilty, if you do a plea deal. So what happened is, fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, most court cases do not go to trial i believe it's only like three percent most people take plea deals and plea out so basically a prosecutor will come to you and say hey you've already been in jail for a year because you can't afford to get out on bail so if you plead guilty to this then we'll just let you go right now with time served so the person will plead guilty that that um politician gets a win and the person now has a felony and probably can't get on with their life so that's what happened. So Khalif said, no, I'm not going to take this, this plea deal. I'm going to go to trial. Well, they got pissed off that he wanted to go to trial. So they kept continuing his court case. And it continued it on, girl, for three years. Then finally, they dropped the charges. They just dropped them. The boys dropped the charges initially. And then the state had charges against him and continued the charges against him anyway. There was no evidence ever found, no book bag. He said he never did it. The boys said that they didn't even know who he was. He didn't do it. And once he finally got out of jail, he felt like his whole life was stolen from him. And he couldn't get it together and he killed himself. (gasps) Oh. Yeah. I was not prepared for that ending. Girl. I'm I'm so confused. Okay, so maybe you can explain this to me for my ignorance. So, like, okay, what about when police get called into a domestic dispute? Mm-hmm. And there's a woman there. And she's got a black eye. And she's got a bloody nose. And she's bleeding from her ears. And her whole face is swollen. And the guy's like, I didn't touch her. And they're like, okay, well, we can't really prove anything. So, you just stay at somebody else's house tonight. 
you stay at somebody else's house tonight and just take some space. But so then they're gonna police. put a boy, but they're gonna put a boy away <laughs> with no evidence on the fact of some other 16-year-old say so for three years. Do you know how expensive it is to pay yeah, for yes, a prisoner girl, yes, for three yes. years over a stolen backpack? Yeah. What was in the backpack? Gold? So police officers have discretion. Basically some what that of them means don't. It, that's, well, that's a lack of discretion. That means it's up to them to whether they're going to follow along. So, like, say in a domestic violence situation, the police officers could charge them without the other person. Now, could that be hard to follow through and go to court and actually get everything to stick? Yes, it could be. But could they do that? Yes. Could they make the choice to not do that for whatever reason in that situation? Yes, they also can. So, yes, the police made a choice to arrest this boy for a book bag that he never had and never found. And then also in some other situations, make the choice to not follow through and not necessarily take somebody in and press charges on another situation. Yes. Holy cow. These are the same policies that allow rapists to just be like, you know, in and out Mm -hmm. for a couple Mm -hmm. days. Right, exactly. But then got other people just all locked up and and loaded into the system where they can't even, they're in such a chokehold, they can't even get out. Think about that. This this child was in jail for longer for for reports of a stolen backpack than Brock Turner was for literally being caught in the act of raping a person. Yes. Yes. What is happening? Girl, and and, and they, they do such a more eloquent job of going through it but it it is he was a beautiful person like you know his story is just so heartbreaking and devastating because it happens so often um and it's just so sad that you know there are people who should stay in jail and be underneath the jail and never get out and there's people who should just never be in there because they're poor and can't afford it and things like that you know, they end up stuck and it ends up ruining your whole life. So like when you get out, if you had a car and an apartment and a job and you're held in jail for say, say three months, say your trial is in three months and they, and everything works out perfect and you're able just to go in that short amount of time, you lost your job, you lost your apartment, you lost your car. So you lost all your shit inside your house and inside your car. Like what are you going to do? What are you supposed to do at that point? I, I don't know. I don't know. I definitely think our system is not. I think I think it's been pretty apparent for a while now that we need massive reform like all over the place because these policies are stupid at best. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and that's being polite about it like what is happening yeah no they really are and you kind of see how um intersectional everything is and how connected everything really can be to each other and so many of the things that could help on those issues with reform with like you know, police departments and local court systems and stuff is your little local elections, like the midterm ones that we just had, because, you know, the way our system is set up, it's just, it's really, really shameful. The things that we do, you know, the examples we gave tonight, Khalif Browder, 
uh, Piper Lewis who were in jail for stuff that they should have never even been in there for and being and it's just yeah it is really really devastating so some people I hope can come in and make some changes is me and Chelsea before we're talking about how many first we had in this election so regardless kind of on what side of the aisle you were on we had some Gen Z's that were elected so this is the first time that we've had Gen Z's elected into um office we had a first First black black. woman attorney um attorney general in massachusetts maryland and missouri legalized recreational marijuana i am sure that missouri right missouri coming in coming in from the back okay um slavery has been banned since 1865 except in 20 states hold exceptions louisiana voted to keep it this time we still got faith in you, Louisiana, I guess. Um, oh. Alabama, Oregon, Tennessee, and Vermont voted to close all the loopholes and exceptions. Um, Wait, Michigan. All the loopholes and exceptions for slavery? Yes. Jesus, be offense. So, guys, there's another documentary on Netflix. Just you know what? Netflix, just give me a deal. Um, it is called. <laughs> and Netflix is not a sponsor yet. <laughs> it's called 13th, and it's about the 13th Amendment which is the loophole, one of the loopholes that made slavery legal by looping it into incarceration. So basically it said, if you get arrested and you're incarcerated, then having you as a slave is legal. (gasps) Yeah. Yikes. In in so many words, right. So those are some of the loopholes that, (laughs) that some of the states are trying to close, but the documentary is called 13th. And it's honestly super, super informative. And it gives you so much information. And I do believe they touch on Khalif Browder in that too. But they give so much information about our prison system and um, prison industrial complex and stuff like that. And kind of just really explain from slavery to where we are now, how we became a mass incarceration state as a like country and why there's so many black people incarcerated in jail and things like that but it definitely um touches into into that so that's another one that is really great for you guys to check out so some breaking news obviously we knew democrats uh, had control of the senate but tonight i believed uh the house now is under gop control so that's good for some y'all. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want the independence. They never get a chance. I That's who I want in the House. More people really have to start voting for them. You know, I think that more Every people... Every time I vote independent, which I always do, people are always like, why are you wasting your vote? No, you know what? Stop voting for people you hate and vote for yeah, somebody else. Agreed. Democrats and Republicans, please stop voting for people you hate. Please. I know. And I, I think know, if more people just like voted that. for who they wanted to, then your vote wouldn't be lost, right? Like, it would count if everybody did it. My only thing is Pennsylvania... You know, the way they have our primary systems is stupid. Yeah. Because it should be open primary. So basically what that means is if you have 10 people running, you should be able to vote for whoever you want in that primary, no matter what party they're on. 
But in PA, if you're a Democrat, you can only vote in Democratic primary, Republican, Republican, independent, independent. So the people that vote with their hearts and minds every election and maybe don't always vote along party lines will have to change their party affiliation almost every time to be able to vote like that. So if there's somebody you really wanted to vote for and they were independent and you're a Democrat, you'd have to change your party affiliation to independent to be able to vote for that independent person during the primary, which is dumb. So, Girl, I can't. Girl, no, it's dumb. Okay, this this story, I feel like, y'all, I'm sorry. It has This week has obviously been a mess, so people, the world's just been going through it. But um, did you see the story about the 30 kids? that were found illegally working in meatpacking plants? Yes. Girl. Okay, y'all. So, in Minnesota and Nebraska, okay, American states, kids as young as 13 were discovered working overnight shifts in three meatpacking facilities. Like... (laughs) These kids were responsible for cleaning floors that were covered in blood, knives, bone cuttings, um, knives, saws, grinding machines, electric knives. Basically, like, everything we kind of fought for kids not to have to do, right? Um, so, the, uh, a long time ago, in 1938, we had said that children under 14 weren't allowed to work. And 14 and 15, obviously, if you get your workers' permit and stuff, you couldn't work past seven. But some of the issues here is that these meatpacking plants, what they do is they build in poor areas so that they can just do whatever the hell they want to. Because people are so desperate that they'll send their 13-year-old to pull the night shift. Mm-hmm. I, that, may, like, and you know what? Like, and they're doing the most dangerous things. Yeah, yeah. Like, and also, what is it doing to their brains to have a, to be cleaning blood-soaked floors with bone fragments? Can't be good. Just curious. Can't be good. I... So some of these babies had chemical burns um, and different things all over their bodies, probably from the products that they're using. But like I was saying with these meatpacking plants, people, is they build them in poor areas that they are then able to pollute and destroy and the people are desperate and don't have the means and abilities to do anything about it. There are so many places, especially in the South, that the pig farms, um, meat packing plants that they have, where they have these big pools of just like discarded pig intestines and feces and like biohazardous material that literally is just polluting these areas and these areas stink their water's polluted their grounds getting polluted um people have cancers and different illnesses and stuff that live by these areas i mean think basically aaron brockovich in your brain but meat packing and that's what they're doing they're preying on these areas so these are little black and brown kids that are working in these facilities and in these plants and not going to school, not getting educations, you know, and being harmed. And they, they just take advantage of whole communities. And Right. Right. That's blow the whistle. Because these companies need to be shut down. 
And these companies need to be held responsible for using this type of labor. Even the companies like, we don't even know if, if these people are, there might be some, because they're taking advantage of like these minority populations, some people who are not legally here, they could be taking advantage of people in those situations too. And why aren't we holding these companies accountable for the stuff that they're doing? Why is this company still going to be in business after these babies are getting burned and stuff? You know what? They'll pay a couple million dollars and they'll change their name or whatever and they'll keep it going. But like, I think that's one of the biggest issues is like, it's, this comes down to, I think, corporate greed. <clears throat> because what, what, how, how difficult is it for you to follow regulation labor laws like okay hire them when they're 16 and they have to get off it you don't have to hire the 13 year old to save what a couple bucks right do you know what i'm saying like instead of just paying a 21 year old their right amount like it's just it, this is this is corporate greed because when it comes down to what they're saving by hiring these kids versus the lawsuits that they're going to come in contact with and it just it, it doesn't even make any sense right Especially for the profit that they're gaining off of what they're selling the meat for versus what they're getting the meat for. Like, please, what, what? Everyone's losing their minds. Oh, we can know some conspiracy deep dives we could go into was the, the, the food and meat industry ones. Girl, I don't even, okay, I. Because I don't know if you guys know, but over, I guess over the last year or so, there's been a bunch of food plants, food processing plants and meat processing plants blown that up. burn, blown up burned down been destroyed and i think With no investigation no pending right. investigation nobody knows and i believe only like two what is it two companies control like over 60 percent of our meat it's just like two companies that's it that just control like everything it makes me like literally as we're talking about this i feel a little sick to my stomach because no matter what they say in these meatpacking plants, oh, if we it's knew, so gross, girl. if we and knew it, what was in our meat, girl, and I don't want like I just want to enjoy struggle, your chicken. I know, I, I know. Girl, I want to enjoy my little chicken patty, okay? But that's it. <laughs> but I have seen. I t- me and Brenda, we went vegan <laughs> after we watched that movie. Um, oh God, what was that? Some documentary on food, Food Inc. or something. I don't know. Something we watched, and both of us were like done. We were done. But it's a commitment. It definitely is like a commitment to eat grass all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just grass for me. Thanks. Um, It's a commitment and it's not easy, especially if you're busy. I was vegan for one month. I did a one month challenge. And you know what? It was so crazy. I feel like a solid six times out of ten, I referred to vegan pasta because I didn't have time or preparation to meal prep and plan that far ahead and come up mm-hmm. with recipes and buy whatever. It's expensive too. Well, and a lot of people will gain weight being vegan because they end up eating more carbs because they don't have time or the money to really substitute it with other things that are better for them. Yeah. It's a sick cycle and all the stuff in our food, not just the meat. And don't even get me going on conspiracy theories with meat because I have heard the worst ones and you will literally you won't need any other um no chelsea i already know and i don't want to know because i just want to <laughs> nope enjoy your chicken no <laughs> let me enjoy my life people i okay. everything is bad okay everything is i was watching this documentary on makeup and it was like little claire's little and they even had one that i had jack and there's one that maddie had that had <gasps> asbestos in it cool oh 
why exactly in kitty makeup i don't it was like all this stuff and i was just like what like what do you even and you're putting it on do and like talcum powder they had some of them had talcum in it some of them had asbestos and different things or whatever and i was just like everything is everything is coming for you (laughs) <laughs> everything really nothing is safe no food is safe it's it's well you know but here's what i i wonder about because you know how the the um level of food <coughs> purity i guess you could call it or cleanliness in other countries is so high but america's is d- terrible to to put it lightly so i'm wondering like what what's the deal with that like why for well, what well there's multiple reasons one is with the gmos the um genetically modified food our seeds a lot of our seeds are also genetically modified so it starts with the actual plant growth also with using pesticides and different things like that that definitely is before the plant even grows but that's kind of starts with that as well and a lot of that stuff is illegal in other countries and then even just their Processed food, you know, contains less ingredients. They aren't allowed to put carcinogens in there. So basically, like most of the stuff that we can put into American products, there are illegal in the European Union and different places. So they're not even able to. So even just the stuff that is just simply grown there and put on a shelf is just healthier than ours anyway. I know, but like, there's got to be a reason for that. Like, there's got to be like a like, what's the end game with that? I, well, the FDA said and it said that they can't control what they put in our food, so I don't know, Chelsea. Great. I thought that's what. I Great. <laughs> you know what? It's X and water until prom. Okay. No, so, until prom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know I love good food, right? You know I love good food, so this hurts my heart especially. Girl, I just, what do you even do to even <laughs> move, leave, like become an expat? <laughs> I feel like that's the only option. The food overseas was so good. Girl, I was just it's talking so, about that food. It, it, that's what I'm saying. I, girl, I remember being in Cuba and girl, having breakfast mm. out there. And they would cut the bread and they were like, if you're going to eat bread, you have to eat it right now. Because once we cut it, if you don't eat it right it's now. It's going to get stale. And I was like, yeah. what? what? What's wrong with your bread? And they were like, what's wrong with our bread? What's wrong with your bread? It's yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> it's fresh. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't even know how fast food went bad. Like, Real I didn't. Food. I oh, didn't yeah. even know how fast real food went bad because oh, yeah. stuff like when we first moved there, stuff went bad all the time just because we weren't eating it fast enough because we didn't know that like, oh my God, your shit's going to go bad in like three days. Well, girl, you know, these people go to the grocery every day. Well, like, I know because they can't, if they, and we're, we're, we're like, okay, we're buying for the next two weeks. Okay. We're good. And then our, well, that's because we don't have any time when you said you had to go vote at seven 30 at night. I'm just thinking like, and I nobody has to, right. Like I had no time. First of all, it should be a federal holiday. I, number you one. You know what? I was really surprised that it wasn't. I was like, I was shocked. I was like, we didn't get Columbus Day. We didn't get Indigenous People's Day. We didn't get Veterans Day. All y'all not trying to give us nothing. And they didn't give us the date of nothing. Like my daughter didn't have school. The bank was closed, and I was still out here schlepping lotion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh 
my goodness. Girl. I know. Can I have one day off, please? No. No. <laughs> can I have good food? No, can't have that either. No, can't have that either. You can have some vegan pasta. Ugh. $25 <laughs> a bag. Some fake meat. well on that note (laughs) thank you so much for joining us go get yourself a snack everyone get yourself a snack have yourself a drink um or two or two um go do your homework that i gave you definitely give us some feedback and give us a like and subscribe on whatever form of platform that you use to listen to your podcast you can find us on tiktok and you can find us on instagram at politics but make it fashion one and we will talk to you next week chat soon bye thanks for listening to politics but make it fashion before we go Show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, click that listener support button. Then stay tuned for next week's all new episode wherever you get your podcasts.